At the Cryptid Keeper podcast, we love to laugh at the darkness, but we would never laugh at the rich cultures that explore it, or the unique cultural significance of the creatures explored. The jokes within are on no one but us. We encourage additional research on the subjects covered here, and hope that a comedy podcast is not your primary source of information. Welcome to the Cryptid Keeper Podcast, the podcast for cryptids and their keepers. That's us, and if you're listening, it's you too. I'm Alex Flanagan. And I'm Addison Peacock. And this is our first, like, coast-to-coast recording. Yeah, coming at you coast-to-coast across this somewhat okay sometimes nation. The Um, nation's, we out here. (laughs) What can we say? There is a nation. We live in a society. There is a nation. We live in it. But it sounds like LA is treating you well, and I think the so. DC area is treating me pretty well. So, you know, it's early, but we'll see after this episode comes out. We'll see how that it's going to keep going. Well, I've been waiting for the other shoe to drop in a lot of ways, and in a way it kind of did the other day when, just in case I sound a little different on my new spanking brand new fancy laptop, I uh, spilled water on my faithful trusty laptop of many, many, many years, and it died forever, and now it's gone, and that was very sad. <laughs> See, I'm a little Um, concerned because just like two weeks before you did that, Tim broke his laptop by spilling beer all over it. So I'm like, right now I have my laptop on one side of my desk and my coffee mug all the way on the other. And there are like, there's my jury rigged sort of audio setup in the middle of all of that. My coffee mug is sitting like in my little recording box and my laptop is on the floor. They never the twain shall meet, but Uh, good. It's good out here. Um, just, yeah, we've both recently moved. Uh, right, out it's of, been like a whole thing. Out of places that we had lived in for like a long time. I have been in Virginia more or less since 2012. It wasn't like full time until uh, like my junior year of college. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I mean, enough to get like settled in. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So are you ready for our first intercoastal boy? Our first yeah, time zone lad? Is he intercoastal in nature or is it just because he's... No, this this boy actually I was originally hoping to talk about before we split. It was oh. like my plan to make this our last episode, but it just, you know, time didn't work out. So instead he gets to be the first boy of a new era, which will have a certain sort of poeticism to him because he is similar to my last boy, but in other ways, uh, very extremely different. And we'll find that out. Anyway, I uh, did a Patreon poll with a few different options for South American cryptids, and what we decided on was the Capalobo. Okay. I heard Lobo, which tells me there's a wolf involved. There is an element of lycanthropy, but not quite. So, yeah. Yeah, so this is the Capalobo. C-A-P-E-L-O-B-O. Yes, it is the Capalobo, also known as the Cupalobo. Cape Lobo, Wolf's Cape, or Crooked Wolf, um, which is odd because this thing is not particularly wolf-like in any way, shape, or form. What it is, is a were-anteater. No. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, that was just the, that just, I didn't even think before that, that just burst out of me, out of like the most animalistic part of me. <laughs> yeah, the Cavalopo is like a were-anteater, which is very strange, but it's vampiric in nature. Does it eat ants? No. <laughs> so it doesn't suck the blood out of little tiny ants. No, that would be wild. This thing is fairly large. It's described as sort of having like a like a tapirish like kind of appearance, like a, a wear tapir, but like also okay. anteater. Um, but also this thing is jacked. And I need you to Google like, a picture of the Capalobo if you have a second. Okay, so like jacked like those those kangaroos you see the pictures of that are like bodybuilder champions no this is like very beast of bray road jacked <laughs> like like right. the capilobo is like a mythological creature from brazilian folklore but also it may be the product of some very specific niche interests oh boy all right <laughs> where am i there's going like, there's like one specific picture that keeps showing up on several different pages and it's like it's wonderful it's very like anatomically detailed it's a beautiful sketch but it is also a little bit fan servicey Oh, good. Do you see? Have you have you gotten an image of the mm-hmm. boy? This is the first Google image search I've done on my brand new computer. Has been okay, broken Google, in. Show me the sexy anteaters with an anteater with rippling pectorals and a frighteningly detailed bulge <laughs> below the waist. <laughs> I, it's covered with fur. It's tasteful, but it's. <laughs> 
Yeah, no, it is present. So this is the Capilobo. The Capilobo, according to the Offbeat Wiki, which is a wiki dedicated to sort of like some of the the lesser talked about cryptids and mythological creatures and folkloric, uh, oh, that's you fun. know, niches out there. Yeah, it was really cool. It was a neat discovery on uh, that I was happy to find because the thing is there is a ton of information about the Capilobo out there. The problem is to access most of it, you need to be able to read Portuguese. And my Portuguese is like basically conversational at best like on a good day to say also brazilian portuguese and uh european portuguese are slightly different as well yeah no anything that i know is brazilian portuguese okay so i wasn't I've sure i've never learned portuguese portuguese so i wasn't like that's not the problem that i'm having oh, okay. <laughs> i would i would need to be a much better speaker of either one of those before that distinction began to become relevant <laughs> well yes i was giving you i guess a little too much credit <laughs> I appreciate it. You're welcome. So anyway, the Capilobo is a vampiric creature from Brazilian myth, particularly in the states of Pará and Maranhão. Okay. Uh, the creature... Okay, so here's the first thing. This creature has, like, two forms, okay? Um, there's one that is more animalistic and one that is more humanoid. Now, it's not necessarily apparent if it shifts between the two or if these are just two distinct, like appearances of this creature maybe it's like a pokemon evolution thing like it starts out as one and turns into the other like we're really not sure or if it's like something in the way the curse works like you become one of these two or if different kinds of it starts as diglet and then it turns into that horrible diglet art where it's like the diglet head and then under the dirt is just a bunch of like ripped hard bodies <laughs> oh god i wish yeah it starts out as like an anteater and then it just becomes the same anteater but like with a large human body underneath it <laughs> I don't like what I've seen today, and I don't like how it made me feel. Oh, no. We're learning some things about ourselves on the Crypto Keeper podcast. I hope this doesn't awaken anything in me. <laughs> uh, how's LA treating you? Are you sure that's good? Um, People okay. are different out here. They're freer. No, I'm just kidding. I'm- <laughs> oh, man. Okay. The creatures have two forms, animal and humanoid. Um, okay. In their animal form, they appear similar to a tapir, but are larger, faster, and thinner. They have a shaggy coat of black fur and a snout that appears similar to an anteater's or a pig's, which is like kind of a bold statement to make. Those are two pretty different snout setups. I was going to say, so we're talking opposite ends of the snout spectrum here. Yeah, literally like the flattest nose or the most nose. Like, mm, anyway, um, some sort of protrusion in the snoot area. Mm-hmm. Okay. Nutrition, I got you. <laughs> and then this uh, <laughs> this wiki goes on to say they are hairy and ugly, which is like <laughs> <laughs> that seems a little mean. It's a little true, true mask. Um, by the way, I did find out that apparently I've gotten several people to go down the true, true hole since on that episode. <laughs> Um, side note, Alex, I was watching a Danny Gonzalez video recently, a different one, a non-Trum Trum one, and he was talking about specifically his most recent video wherein he tried to do some Trum Trum pranks, started getting more views than any of his other videos, and he's not sure why. And I don't want to take credit per se, but I do want to say that we've probably increased the Trum Trum searches. I can only hope. Danny Gonzalez, former Viner, current YouTuber, if you're listening, and I know you are, you're welcome. <laughs> you're out there. You're welcome. Come you're be on welcome. our podcast. Uh, it's been a hot second since we tried to indirectly recruit a celebrity. <laughs> yeah, you know. Is he a celebrity? That was mean. I'm a, I'm a fan of Danny. but anyway. He's a celebrity in my heart. That's true. In Troom Troom spheres, he's pretty popular, Addison. Yeah, so, yeah that's uh, true. That is very true. Anyway, let's stop talking about Troom Troom. Anyway, let's talk more about the, the Capilobo's better for you than Troom Troom. I never thought I'd say this, but like, take me back to the sexy anteater. <laughs> okay. So anyway, in the humanoid form, it's, as we discovered, muscular with a humanoid body and an anteater's head. They do keep that same like thick matted coat of fur. Um, and in addition, they are covered head to toe in nigh impenetrable skin. In what? Nigh impenetrable skin. Their skin is like bulletproof. Luke Cage. <laughs> like this is the Luke Cage of anteaters. Yeah, this is the Luke Cage of anteaters. That's all I hear right now. Because uh, that's yeah. all of my only frame of reference right now. I'm like, there's a superhero who's bulletproof. All right, I got you. And there is some discrepancy about how big these things are. Um, But this source says that even when hunched, they are about two meters tall. No. (laughs) So it's a really big, sexy anteater. So they're like, they're models. 
Side note, and I say this with like the utmost respect and, and wonderment in my heart. There is somebody in the Cryptid Keeper Appreciation Group, and um, I would pull a name, but I don't know if you want this on blast or not. I think it's awesome. Who made like a bespoke Taily Poe fursuit, which is like super cool, actually. And I love it. Like I was looking at the pictures and it's it looks so great. neat. Like the level of craftsmanship is exquisite. But what I'm telling you is that I think this is the next candidate. <laughs> like here's the thing. And of course, I say this as someone who's not really like part of the furry community. So maybe I'm wrong and maybe it already is part of it. But I am genuinely shocked that the Capilobo is not a staple of the furry community. I don't know if like sexy furry calendars are a thing. Like there's there's sexy niche calendars for a lot of things. I don't know if there are furry calendars. I'm not going to go Google it and find out. If there is one, I don't know how it's not just Capilobo every month of the year. Capilobo and Beast of Bray Road. Um, in September, both of them are there. They're on the hood of a car. Oh, perfect. I was actually going to ask you before you said that, before <laughs> calendars came into the equation, what month of the sexy cryptic calendar you thought this thing would be? Oh, good. Um, I think September. Yeah, it's like a good, you know, that fall vibe. It's a it's back a to school cryptid. <laughs> it's a back to school cryptid. <laughs> oh, dear Lord. Um, so their their front claws are similar to that of a tamandua, which is a kind of small anteater. Um, and in other drawings I've seen, they're very like sloth-like. So if you don't have a reference point for the tamandua, which I do not, it looks like giant sloth claws. They have like okay. the the weird oh, like long, yeah, yeah. very thick, yeah, like which is fascinating because there is some overlap between this and another Brazilian cryptid called the Mapinguari, um, which is basically just a giant sloth. Very nice. Is it nice? Is it a friend? The Capilobo or the Mapinguari? The Mapinguari. Um, debatable. Oh. All right, I'll, we'll save that for another episode, but I'm just... The thing about sloths is that if they could move any faster than they do, I do not doubt they would kill us all. Oh, but, they would be horrifying. The Mapinguari is pretty big. Like, yeah. like the, the leading theory on the Mapinguari is that it's like an extant evolutionary branch of, like, prehistoric giant sloths. Like, it's large. Okay, so it's it's like a saber-toothed sloth. Okay. Yeah. So maybe right. not quite so much a friend. All right. Maybe not, maybe not so much a friend. So, okay, so, so far what I've got for the image that is being painted for me here uh, that will never, I will never be able to remove from the inside of my eyelids is about six feet tall when mm-hmm. hunched over. Yeah. Um, hits the gym on the daily. Yes. Um, anteater snoot, impenetrable bulletproof skin. And Probably going to try to sell you beach body. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. For sure. Herbalife and beach body. <laughs> the Capilobo messages you after like six years um, and, you know, hasn't seen you since high school English and is like, hey, girl, I love what you're doing. I think that your your brand is so, so great. Uh, I love your energy. I was wondering if you might want to get involved in a group I'm running next week. What I was going to say also, and then just um, some scary swipey claws. You big, scary, swipey claws. Now, here's where it gets even weirder. Okay. You know, I don't want to body shame the Capilobo. No. <laughs> but, but its back legs have perfectly round hooves. No. Perfectly round. That leave an imprint in the ground not unlike a bottle, making them difficult to track. Okay, no. <laughs> I don't often call BS on, on, on cryptids or things pertaining to them, but someone is just making fake footprints with bottles. Well, the more BS interpretation is that they have no feet at all. So I think we're going to go I'm with sorry. the bottle hooves on this one. I'm sorry. Yeah. The sidebar on this wiki says perfectly round hooves or no feet at all that leave an imprint in the ground. And I'm like, sorry, what does that mean? Or anyway, no feet at or all. Or no feet at all. But yeah, in several different sources I've seen, the idea is they have these perfectly round hooves on their back legs that leave a, a perfectly circular print so you can't like follow the tracks because you don't know which way it was. So are they bipedal? They walk on two? Yes. Yes. They run around on their back bottle legs. Oh, God. <laughs> oh, Hunched God. over at seven feet tall. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. I'm so glad that we got to do this because the the last South American cryptid I did, uh, the Encantado, was also an incredibly wonderful episode. Um, it's also and I'm jacked. Just- yeah, yeah. I guess like all Brazilian cryptids, not to paint with too broad a brush, but it seems to me like all Brazilian cryptids are just extremely muscular and looking to party. Here's the thing. I, I've been to Brazil exactly once when I was about 10, and I went to the beach uh, in uh, the Rio de Janeiro area. If my entire experience of that is just from what I saw at the beach, then yes, everyone is just jacked. <laughs> I've never been to Brazil. However, the college student that I took some improvisation lessons from in high school 
saxophone improvisation, jazz improv. Um, he spent like a semester studying abroad in Brazil and I was obsessed with that and with him. I thought that was the coolest thing. I was like, you speak Portuguese and you play saxophone and like, oh, what is happening? <laughs> Actually, I think he spent a full year down in Brazil and just like learned country and learned Brazilian Portuguese like totally through immersion and played saxophone down there a whole bunch. It was like down there for carnival and everything. Anyway, but yeah, so I get the impression that it's an extremely wonderful country with a rich artistic culture and a lot of super jacked cryptids. Yeah, I was going to say my I was about 10 when I went and I went with my mom for like a pharmacy conference. So I didn't really get I wish I could have gone when I was older. I'm grateful I got to go at all, but I don't remember much about it. The, what I remember as a 10-year-old who was there for the week of Thanksgiving break, this is what I know about my time in Brazil. Beautiful, beautiful, beautiful weather. Green coconuts, which okay. are the best. Coconut water is the jam, and no one can tell me otherwise. I got so attached to that. Like, you would go to, like, a stall, and they would take, like, essentially a machete and just, like, <laughs> do a hole in the big green coconut mm-hmm. and hand it to you and be like, here you go. That's the, that was great. The big statue of Jesus saw that. Uh, the really big Jesus statue, you know the one. When you yeah, actually no, see I, it in person, you you understand it's very grand, but also because it is so big and I was 10, all you can really see is just like feet, just giant feet. <laughs> and then you look up and like, no, there's more, but you can't really see it. And then we were supposed to go samba dancing, but they wouldn't let us in because they had a child with them, me. I ruined it. I ruined, I ruined my mom's samba night. And like really, really good, some kind of cheese. I think it was some kind of halloumi. Um, okay. That was done on like a grill, and that was, and I made friends with a with a with the daughter of like the person who was my mom's like host oh, there because she was trying to practice her English. So I, I haven't spoken. to We were pen pals for like a year, and then forgot to talk to each other anymore. Her name's Larissa. So Larissa from the Rio de Janeiro area, if you happen to be listening, it's Addison. <laughs> we were pen pals for a year, and I hope you're doing well. Did Hannah so Montana weird. ever come to Brazil? Because it was supposed to get there right around after I left. Man, the wildest misconnection in He history. was telling me about how Hannah Montana was coming to Brazilian TV soon, and she was very excited. That's pretty dope. Um, Thank let's you. talk a bit more about the Capilobo. <laughs> yes, I'm so sorry. That was such a – no one cares about the tangent. All right. No, it's all good. All right. Um, anyway, so unlike the Encantado, though, the Capilobo is not a particularly sociable cryptid. And I'm not sure if that's intentional or if that is simply because of the extremely unfortunate fact that one of the other defining features of the Capilobo is, and I quote, it's unearthly stench. Oh, no. So powerful that it is said it is always surrounded by a cloud of flies. Oh, my God. Capilobo is like if Pigpen from the Peanuts got super jacked and studied abroad in Brazil. Oh, my God. That's like if you gave Pigpen from Peanuts the Riverdale treatment, but kept him just like in his cloud of <laughs> oh dust and dirt. Yeah, right? That would oh, be extremely wild. I love Riverdale Pigpen. Very rarely it's described as having a single eye or only one leg, but that's actually much more often like a Mapinguari trait. Um, okay. And so that's just probably a crossover. Some accounts also mention its long fangs, which I don't understand on account of the anteater snoot. Like I just don't get physically how that works. I'm trying to imagine, and the only image that I can understand is, like, them coming out horizontally from the front of the snoot, and it's very bad. <laughs> what if they're just, like, tusks? They're tusks. <laughs> it's like a tusked anteater? I don't know. I, I can't visualize it, so I don't know what to do with that information. Please, um, not- yeah, actually, actually, take back the word tusk. I don't want Kevin Smith to hear this and get any ideas. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, it's tusk, too. It's like a foreign language adaptation of tusk. No, don't, don't, don't. <laughs> Okay, let's not. Netflix really wants me to watch that movie, and I don't <laughs> want to watch that movie. I was going to, like, make some joke about suggesting that for our next Rabbit Night, but here's the deal. I'm also not going to watch Tusk. No, I read the Wikipedia synopsis, and I watched the trailer, and it's all I need. Here's the thing. I don't understand how anyone can, if it's surrounded by a thick cloud of flies, how anyone can even see it well enough to see how jacked it is. I'm not sure how big you think flies are. Or... Okay. No, I'm thinking like a cloud. Like all a pig pen, right? Right, like, right. You yeah. can barely see this child because of his <laughs> oh, filth. God. So you just like, there's like a cloud of flies like around the head maybe. And then you just see like the extremely muscular torso underneath that. Oh, gosh. I don't. That would be wild. I was on board for this to be like a proto Bray Road kind of thing. And then you dropped the the stench on me. And I don't really know oh. how to reconcile that 
I mean, here's the thing. I don't know if you've read any of these studies, but there are studies that show that finding a partner who's like natural body odor you're attracted to has to do with like how compatible your immune systems are. Yeah, it's like a pheromones thing. Yeah. So I don't know. Maybe for one very particular person out there with unique tastes, oh the capiloba might be the ideal man. <sighs> It writes itself, doesn't it? <laughs> really, it sure does. It's like, instead of the Twilight thing, though, where she's like, I can smell blood. And he's like, oh, that's how I know you're sm- like meant to be a vampire. And she's like, I love the way the Capilobo smells. And he's like, finally. <laughs> Just like how in Twilight, uh, Bella's the only person who Edward can't read her mind. Yeah, uh, exactly. This the is Capilobo. the only person who can't smell yeah. the Capilobo. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Perfect. Speaking of this particular musk that the Capilobo exudes, Uh it is apparently so powerful that it can stun people. And even those who survive the encounter will get headaches and dizziness for several days to a month. Even those who survive? Are you telling me it can kill people with its smell? (laughs) Apparently, yeah. Oh my god. It's not for everyone. I think the Capilobo should be, like, the poster boy for a new, like, cologne commercial. <laughs> Where's Old Spice Capilobo? Can we confirm Cap- that this is its natural odor and not simply that it just bathes itself in Axe every it morning? too much Axe. That's Look, the Capilobo's secret. In middle school, when teenage boys thought that you could replace showers with Axe body spray, I can tell you right now that I had headaches and nausea and persistent irritation for many months at a time. If I even survived the encounter. Which clearly I did, but many may not have. I don't know. Uh, it's also known for its shrill screams. <laughs> are you Are you ready? Uh-huh. It can be heard for 10 miles. <laughs> <laughs> and are powerful enough to bring even the hardiest of hunters to their knees and completely paralyze most with fear. What is happening? When her in the distance, they can bewilder hunters and travelers, causing them to become lost and sometimes mad. Oh my god, what is... I'm going to paint a word picture for you. Are you ready? Uh Uh-huh. You are on spring break in Brazil, um, doing whatever it is that white girls do on spring break in Brazil. (laughs) And uh, (laughs) I know a lot of them do it, I just don't know what it is. Being culturally insensitive and going to the beach, I guess, probably. Probably, yeah. Some combination of the two. Anyway... And all of a sudden, off in the distance, you hear this maddening shriek. Now, being an adventurous person, you decide, like, I'm going to go check it out. Because, again, you're a white girl in Brazil and probably also in a bad horror movie. So let's just follow this where it Wait, goes. Wait, so I haven't been brought to my knees and driven mad by the shriek in this scenario. No, because you're, you're not like other girls. You're following this shriek. And then you, like, notice this, like, powerful odor. And you're like, oh, my God, like, what's happening? And, like, you, like, buzzing of flies. And, like, you see this cloud and the cloud parts. And it's a sexy anteater, man. <laughs> I hate it. (laughs) It's wild, right? However, when they are not making their, like, horrible shrieking sound, there's another sound that apparently the Capilobo makes, which I guess is more of, like, its natural call, which sounds like somebody blowing over the top of an empty bottle. Because it's got bottle legs. Why not? Like, at this point, I'm like, (laughs) and a bottle nose. You're just like, sure, why not? Okay. This thing is made of bottles, actually. Yep. It's just made of bottles. It's just like a large bottle man creature but furry i guess anyway we already talked about the impenetrable skin it's bulletproof etc etc it can be killed by a blow to the eye or to the navel um another source specifically referred to that as the umbilical area and i wanted to be sure to share that with you yeah it's it's like it's only vulnerable in the umbilical area and i'm like call it that why would you use those words why would you make me read those two words with my own eyes rude i don't appreciate it (laughs) Some sources even claim that specifically it has to be done with a spear if you're going to kill this thing. I don't why know. not? Anyway. anyway sure. Why not? So what were you going to say? I was just going to say that the eye makes sense. Eyes are – they're a vulnerable place on anything. But I don't understand the notion of the umbilical area. The umbilical area. Being <laughs> yeah. weak. Like unless I'm misunderstanding the anatomy of anteaters slash the capilobo, like there's not an opening there. Uh, you know what's more wild? Uh-huh. The implications of calling that the umbilical area – like, mm-hmm. something I didn't want to think about today was live Capilobo birth. <laughs> oh, Jesus. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, God. It probably makes the shriek. It probably does. It makes the sound. You know that it does. And, like, like the Capilobo doctor has to, like, make sure it's making that sound. That's how you Look, know it's healthy. <laughs> I don't want us to, like, have to slap an explicit rating on our podcast, but I do have to bring up a question okay. of, like, what do you think, what's going on down there? 
<laughs> oh man, I don't know. Older minds than mine, I'm sure, have written fan fiction about it, but like... Because currently, I, since I just, I'm daring to dream, all I can think is that there's a cloaca. <laughs> I, I'm going to implant something very troubling in your mind, but it is something that I just need everyone else to know about because I've been listening a lot to a podcast called Ologies. I've tweeted about it. It's a great show. Oh, yeah. Um, Allie Ward hosts it, and she interviews scientists from sort of niche fields. And she did interviewed someone about slugs and snails. And they were talking uh-huh. about how most varieties of slugs, they uh, have multiple sets of genitalia, right? And so when it's the most efficient mating process I've ever heard, it actually kind of made me lose my mind. When uh, a lot of species of slugs mate, both of, I'm not going to go into graphic detail because this is not an explicit podcast, but both parties leave impregnated. <laughs> Oh, whoa. That is like super efficient. (laughs) It's like the most efficient mating strategy in the world. And I just need someone else to know about it. (laughs) That is wild, honestly. So slugs have it figured out in a way that I think a lot of us don't. Yeah. And I was just going to say, and I'm sorry, this is like a strange comment, but it is like wild to me that evolution has not gone there in other species because that is like so biologically advantageous. Yeah, exactly. Also, so many varieties of slugs, just like there is no gender binary. There's not even any like duality to the gender. Like there's no gender dimorphism. There's only one gender, the slug gender. (laughs) (laughs) It is slug. Hello. What are you? I'm slug. (laughs) I never thought I'd say this. Back to a more palatable topic. (laughs) The capilobo. Yeah, right. Smelliest, sexiest antelope. I just said antelope. Anteater is what I meant. So getting away from like the horrible, horrible anatomical implications of the capilobo, let's talk a little bit about um, its eating habits. So it is predatory. Um, but Capiloba do not actively hunt humans. Yeah. Here's the thing. You said vampire, so let's get into that. <laughs> Are you ready? Are you ready? I'm I'm imagining it does something vampire bat-esque, but I'm curious. I'm I'm ready to just go along for a ride. And if I've learned anything from this episode, it's that I can't have any expectations of this thing because they will be shattered. Yep, you're not you're not ready. I was gonna paraphrase this, but I think it's gonna be way more interesting if I just read this paragraph for Alex, you. Because I need to I just you. ask a very important question before you do this. Yes. Does it have a proboscis? Not so much. Okay, because I wanted to just live out my nightmare scenario for just a second. Okay. I mean, we're going to get into some troubling snoot action here, but I wouldn't quite call it a proboscis. You know what? Okay. I'm going to face God and walk backwards into hell. <laughs> Let's just go. Let's just go. So this is coming to you again from the Offbeat Mythology Wiki. Okay. While predatory, Capilobo do not actively hunt humans. They prefer dogs, cats, and goats, especially newborns. However, if they can manage to capture a human... They will Uh, grab them tightly and suck their brains out through the top of their skull. No. In some cases, they will sever the carotid artery instead and drink their victim's blood. Oh my god. Or even just rip prey apart with their sharp teeth, which again, where are these things? I'm a little troubled. They are more likely to devour someone if they are foolish enough to hunt on a Sunday. They have a ravenous appetite, and they hunt at night to satiate their unending hunger. Ooh, they're insatiable. Oh, God. It is said that these creatures are a sort of lycanthrope. However, rather than changing between forms, a human who has changed into a capilobo has no hope of turning back. Oh, my God. How do you become one? When a person is old and dying, if they choose to spend their last days in the woods, they will transform into one of these monsters. Oh, my God. So here's the deal. All Capilobos, apparently, are, like, geriatric former humans. Alex? And, like, their horrible, horrible make-a-wish was to be a jacked anteater. This is the next stage of human evolution. (laughs) (laughs) This is humanity phase two. I can see, like, the movie trailer right now. It's, like, some person who's, like, you know, on their deathbed or, like, they've had a horrible accident. And the, and the, the mad scientist type is, like, what if I told you? There was another way. <laughs> what if I told you you could have a second chance at life? Make you better, faster, stronger, stinkier. But all I can imagine right now is spoilers for a TV show that's that uh, aired in about 15 years ago. But there is an episode of Doctor Who, and I'm not going to go into specifics, but where they encounter this uh, this creature that they're very that this this like dangerous 
creature that looks like a little metal ball, essentially, that's like flying around and like shoots knives. It's wild. But regardless, what they, the, the discovery and like fast forward ahead like 20 seconds, if you don't want Doctor Who spoilers from 20 years ago, mm-hmm. is that these are what humans become eventually at the end of the universe when there's no more resources. They like essentially become like brains in these little like metal sphere, like spaceships. And like that's like what humanity is headed toward. And that's like a very it's a very like disturbing moment, actually, in the in the series. But all I can think is just like (laughs) some sort of Doctor Who or science fiction television show where they're interacting with these things. And they're like, what are they? Where did they come from? And then they like see an old person turn into one. And they're like, oh, "Oh my God, it's us. (laughs) They're us. Oh, man. It's like Planet of the Apes, but it's Planet of the Capilobo. You blew it all up. (laughs) it was us all along okay i'd like to go somewhere even weirder with this if you can believe it no okay sure (laughs) you know what i'm gonna take your hand and uh lead me lead me where you will let me lead you further into the jungle i'm Um, choosing to trust you against all instinct (laughs) yeah maybe a bad idea anyway so this next excerpt comes to you from a book called the irresponsibly awesome guide to cryptozoology by nick sanborn and i just want to make something very clear before we get started this book is not at all a trustworthy source it is irresponsibly awesome i was looking for capilovo sightings and um while most sources seem to imply there are several of them they're hard to track down or they are in portuguese and translations are not very helpful i do yeah. have a, a string of encounters that i'll get to in just a moment but before we do that incredible okay um, my search did lead me to this and the excerpt is so wild that i just had to read it on air is this from this is from the irresponsibly awesome this book? is from the irresponsibly awesome guide to cryptozoology by nick sanborn could you um, um please read it in like a a bro voice for me please uh, it's the only way to do this. <laughs> I wanted to make sure that you read it in its native dialect. <laughs> <clears throat> All right, are you ready? Yeah, I'm so ready, dude. This is all Capilovo, and it starts on page 68, so you can tell where this is going. <laughs> oh, shoot. <laughs> nice. <laughs> nice. The Capilobo is a terrifying South American monster. It has the head of a giant anteater, the body of a man, terrible clawed hands, and stumpy legs. Its rancid stink is known to attract flies, and the creature is often described as constantly surrounded by a cloud of them. Its skin is a matted mess of disgusting reddish fur, and said to make it invulnerable to conventional weapons, much like Carrot Top. The best way to kill it is to shoot it in the eyes, and then move in quickly while it's confused and cut off its face with a chainsaw. What? That is easier said than done because its odor is by far one of its most potent weapons. Also, the necessary combination of marksmanship, agility, and physical strength to accomplish the feat is present in less than, like, 0.1% of men. Like, present company excluded, obvi. The average man who encounters the Capilobo's fetid stench usually becomes disoriented and dizzy. If they are able to get away from the creature and back to civilization, the exposure to the stench will still make them sick for several days, often causing the eyes to burn and extended periods of dry heaving and impotence. So it's like a wicked hangover, bro. (laughs) The worst. Impotence. Yep. Okay. Uh, now this this gets really bizarre, and uh, so this is just again, you know, a warning if you need to skip ahead a little bit. Are you ready? <laughs> um. Oh yeah. No, I don't get to skip ahead. This is real life. No, nope, this, this is in real, real life for you. <laughs> the Capilobo is extremely aggressive when disturbed. It will hunt a man until it catches him, twist him around backward, shove his head up his ass, and then violently kick him in the testicles until he vomits into his own anus and drowns. What? I'm telling you this is insane. Its scream can be heard from 10 miles away and the blast is sufficient to buckle the knees of even the manliest of hunters. The creature isn't usually dangerous to humans because it prefers to eat small dogs and cats, but will devour anyone it catches in the forest after dark or who disturbs it while it is resting during the day. That is horrible. And also, Alex, I need to say in good conscience, I don't think we can release this episode because I'm worried about something. I'm worried that once we put this information out there, that Kevin Smith, like a shark smelling blood (laughs) in the water, will find it and make it the setting of his next picture. Because that description, I think, is his siren call. I don't think he can resist. Can I tell you something about Kevin Smith? Is it that you mix him up with Kevin James? (laughs) Yes, it is. Because I do the same thing. (laughs) 
Do you know how oh long God. I thought Kevin Smith was in Paul Blart Mall Cop? <laughs> I thought they were the same. It was like Kevin Smith, like, that guy made that movie? That's really weird. He was okay in King of Queens, I guess. Yeah, I'm like, I, I thought Paul Blart Mall Cop was a great movie. I, what's he doing over here? Like, <laughs> like, that would be the most wild canon of movies to be responsible for. Oh, honestly. <laughs> I Anyway, yeah, it, it does sound like a Kevin Smith movie. And He's just it a is very wild. different man when he gets behind the camera instead of in front of it. Oh, my God. But um, I also have the same problem mixing up Ben Affleck and Ben Stiller, which suffice to say, I was for a moment very excited about the Batman change. I mix up. There are a few like just white male actors that I mix up with each other. And those are like those are the two biggest offenders for me. But no, yeah, I completely have made the same mistakes. I understand completely. <laughs> I'm so glad I'm not alone. Um, but yeah. Anyway, and then I also got the Capilobo and the Beast of Bray Road mixed up. They just... You shouldn't. No, I really shouldn't. All sexy cryptids look the same to me. One of them is very kind and gentle and will offer you a snack on the road when you're in distress or lost. And the other will either suck your brains out, suck your blood out, or do the unspeakable act that I'm not going to repeat again. All right. So let's talk about one more thing that is interesting, though, and get get away from this horrible, horrible path I've led you down. Mm-hmm. I'll never really get away from it, actually. It'll haunt me in my dreams, but, like, well, nice try. It was in my mind, so I, I had to inflict it on somebody else. Okay, so I found something interesting, which is when I was looking for sightings, I was having a hard time, as I said, tracking down anything of any value. But I got to do some investigative journalism on the Capilobo, which was kind of fun. Okay. So what I did find is I saw somebody who commented on the article about the Capilobo on the Cryptids Wiki who mentioned that they had had an encounter with a similar creature. Okay. So follow me here. I have no choice, but thank you. In the comments for the Capilobo entry on the Cryptids Wiki, there is a comment from 2016 that says, Holy cow, that is the thing I saw back in 2011 at Riverside in Council Bluffs, Iowa. That's it. Just like the description. And then said, if you remember, I saw back in 2011 a were anteater like creature, and when I came back the year after, I found hoof prints in the sand, but they were goat-like hooves on two legs. So you know what I had to do. What'd they have to do? Me, what oh. I had to do. What did you have to do? I went back to that person's profile on the cryptids wiki to try to find their entry from 2011 about the creature that they found uh-huh now this person has about 2600 posts on the cryptids wiki oh my god alex but i was able to skim through some of those and not finding what i was looking for i went to their blog on the cryptids wiki and what i found was a post from 2015 i think where they mentioned their 2011 sighting so here we go all right Long ago, back in 2011, I was out walking along Riverside in Council Bluffs watching the forest and all the birds and stuff. It was partly cloudy. Sorry, there's like no punctuation. Watching the forest and all the bird and stuff, it was partly cloudy when all of a sudden I heard a noise in the bush. I looked over and I saw it was either a dog standing on its hind legs looking at me. But dogs can't stand perfectly still on two back legs. I saw this creature. It had a long anteater face, a black mane. That's all I saw. But I could tell he was standing up. It was four feet tall. I saw that creepy messed up mutant thing. But by the time I was going to tell my parents about it, it ducked down and ran off. I, to this day, have no idea what it is and where it came from. But during the summer, I went to that place and I saw footprints. Not just any footprints. It looked like they were left by a hooves, but it was as if the hooves prints were left by an animal that walked on its back legs. Like some kind of a mix between a goat, a human, a wolf, and an anteater. <laughs> wow. <laughs> I don't know whatever this thing is, but it's not a normal animal. It's the farthest thing from. The closest thing I could think this thing is to is a chupacabra. You don't know what a chupacabra is? Well, go figure it out because I'm not telling you. <laughs> oh, was that you telling them or was that them saying you don't know what a chupacabra is? This is me reading word for oh, word. I thought entry. you were pointing out that this person nope. does not know what a chupacabra nope. is. Nope. It says, and I quote, the closest thing I could think this thing is to is a chupacabra. You don't know what a chupacabra is? Well, go figure it out because I'm not telling you. Oh, okay. I don't know how big that forest is around Riverside Lake, but there is no way a creature like that can live anywhere in Iowa and only be seen by me. And I did see it clear as a piece of glass. It's real and it's pretty freaky. I am 100% dead serious. All right. So that's the entry. But <laughs> one of the comments on the entry says, this sounds almost exactly like your sighting and links to a different article about a similar creature in Iowa. Oh my god, these things have made their way to Iowa. It goes so deep. Okay, so here we go. 
how deep does this anteater hole go? (laughs) So this is the article that it linked to from cryptozoologynews.com, also from 2011. Family spots humanoid in Iowa, which is itself maybe not the greatest title. (laughs) I mean, yeah, I'm sure lots of people spot humanoids in Iowa. (laughs) Ottawatomie County, Iowa. A family of three Iowans last week claimed to have seen a human-like creature with animal face in a forest next to the city of Council Bluffs. Same place. Matthew said he and his parents were hiking near the Missouri River in the afternoon when they spotted the being peeking through the tall grass. We were walking along a trail in the forest when I heard movement, Matthew told Thomas Markham, founder of The Crypto Crew, about the 2012 encounter. It was a dry summer, so the grass was very yellowish-brown and probably dead. According to Matthew, the encounter didn't last longer than five seconds, but that was enough time for him to gather physical details of the creature. It was all black, with what looked like a mane with a face like an anteater. He said, adding that its face was thick and lacked a visible mouth or nose. The eyewitness also claimed that when he returned to the same spot later that summer, he found what looked like hoof tracks about four inches thick, forming a pattern that suggested they had been printed by something that walked on two legs. Markham, who claims over 20 years of experience researching the paranormal, tells Cryptozoology News that he is trying to obtain further information from the sighting, but that, so far, the eyewitness hasn't answered the additional questions. He believes that the incident was not Bigfoot-related. I have no idea what it could be. I would think it was some kind of mutation, Markham said in an email. Now are you ready to go one step deeper? Into the mouth of madness, into the snout of madness we go. Sure, fine, I... (laughs) Yes. Last year, a Virginia girl told Cryptozoology News she had seen a similarly hoofed bipedal creature exhibiting a bony-looking face with a head that reminded her of the mix of a horse and a Komodo dragon while while camping in a state park in Page County. So you know I went to that article. Yeah, I know you went to that article. I got out of Virginia just in time. Jeez. And you know what, Addison? Uh Uh-huh. Girl sees reptilian humanoid in Virginia. And do you know where this story took place? Where? Luray, Virginia. (gasps) No! A girl claims that she saw a reptilian creature in the summer of 2002 in Northern Virginia. Katie, who provided a last name but was omitted due to journalistic ethics code relating to the age of a witness, says she was only six when she and her family were sleeping at the Yogi Bears Jellystone Park in Page County the morning the encounter took place. My family and I went to visit Yogi Bear Campsite and we set up two tents next to a river, she told Cryptozoology News. So when night fell, my sister and I slept in a tent together, and my mother and brother slept in the one next to us, she added. It was 5 a.m. when the witness woke up, reportedly not being able to sleep, and decided to leave the tent. After making sure nobody heard me or woke up, I crept around to where our fire was. The coals were barely still smoking now, and I took a stick and poked it, she explains. Then, according to Katie, something unusual attracted her attention. While I was having my fun, I heard a couple snaps in this little ring of bushes about 10 feet from me. I snapped my head up and stared. While my heart was beating 10 million miles an hour, I saw a slightly fuzzy, scaly-looking snout poke out, followed by dark almond-shaped eyes, she recalls. This thing poked up to its torso out of the brush, sniffing and staring at me intently. It didn't growl or attack. It just stared. I was frozen with fear, shaking and almost to tears. It was silent except for a little bit of breathing sounds. One of the strangest things, she says, was its feet. They looked like hooves, but I've never seen anything like that thing that had hooves, she remembers. The witness described the beast as having an all-bony-looking face with sharp cheeks. She says it looked like the mix of a horse and a Komodo dragon with a dark gray-brown color. Eventually, the animal went behind the bushes and Katie headed back into her tent, zipping it up tight and not sleeping till dawn. She doesn't believe there was any unusual smell in the air when the encounter took place. Yes, it could have been a bear, of course, but I'm very sure it wasn't. I told my parents, but they got angry at me for leaving the tent at night, she said. It could have been a bear with hooves and (laughs) scales and (laughs) gnats. Now, it's interesting because that description of all of those, like, traits together does sound kind of like our Capilobo friend or, like, at least the Iowan version of it. But there is a distinct lack of smell. So I don't know what to tell you. Okay, maybe it just learned how to wear deodorant. <laughs> yeah, possible. <laughs> or maybe it was um, something in its diet. And now that it's out of that region, it doesn't have the same yeah, problem anymore. that's actually completely pl- plausible. Here's the thing. And, and, and I'm mad at myself for having this thought. It's a very troubling thought for me to even be having, but it's got high defined cheekbones and mm-hmm. almond-shaped eyes, and mm-hmm. it just sounds sounds beautiful. Sounds very handsome. 
Oh, this podcast has ruined you. Yeah. It's well, no, it just you. sounds a little bit like it sounds a little shape of water. <laughs> yeah, it does. Oh, man. Uh, and then I have one final note for you, which is that you know how we talked about this thing being um, similar in nature or often associated with the Mapanguari, right? Yeah. Well, there is a place in the United States that the Mapanguari has been uh, cited or presumed. Oh, shoot. Okay. And all I found was a little snippet from Cryptomundo.com which was just an update a few years ago talking about an episode of Monsters Underground that was going to be premiering Saturday, October 5th of, what year was this, 2014. And the tagline for the episode was just, Bill Brock and his team suspect recent black bear deaths are due to the Mapinguari, a descendant of the giant prehistoric sloth. Together, they travel to Graveyard Gulch, a treacherous cave in Northern California, to hunt this deadly monster. No, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> So I just can't get away. You just can't. No. And I just thought that was funny. So I wanted to include that. Yeah. I've been to Luray, Virginia. Let me specify that to people wondering why I gasped. Luray, Virginia is like so, so close to where uh, Addison and I for the past year recorded this podcast. Yeah. Not far at all. I have been there multiple times. <laughs> yep. So that is the horrible, horrible journey of the Capilobo. Uh, I am coming soon to a state near you. <laughs> I shouldn't go into this with expectations, like specific expectations. I feel like that way lies madness and ruin, but mm-hmm. yeah. I still did. You know, I, I just, I wish you hadn't let me see how jacked it was at first because I so falsely <laughs> assumed we had another beast of Bray Road on our hands. Oh, no. That is, that is not what I found. That is not at no. all what I found. No, this is like if the beast of Bray Road got wrapped up with the wrong people and was running around with the Encantado instead as a formative influence. And, uh, and also just... I'm so troubled by its diet. I can't decide what it... I'm so troubled by its eating habits. I'm so troubled. The Capilobo is not a cool, fun friend. The only part of it that I kind of enjoy is just kind of... And it's awful. And I enjoy this in like a in like a horror fan oh, way. Sure, like yeah. a person who loves monster movies. Is if it just was like a brain sucker and like using its like creepy anteater snoot to like get in there and get the brains, that is kind of fascinating to me. And I am kind of here for how creepy that is. But if it would lean into the creepiness, then I could really be a fan. But yeah. it, it feels like it it can't make up its mind. It's goth jock. It's goth jock. But I, no, goths mind their business. Not like this. No. Never like this. Yes, absolutely not like this, never like this. This is not goth jock. Goth jock is Angel from Buffy the Vampire Slayer. This is not. My mistake. No, I, this is, I don't know what this is. I know that it's troubling. I know that it's a very bad. I know that it's troubling. I know that it's stinky. I know that it smells like trouble. <laughs> so uh, that's the Capilobo. Any questions other than why? Why, God, why? <laughs> what did I do to you to make you want to do the, put me through this? Um, it has nothing to do with you. It has everything to do with me being a horrible person who decided that I needed people to share in my brain misery. What do you think would happen if the Capilobo and the Beast of Bray Road met? I want to say, hopefully, in my heart of hearts, that the Beast of Bray Road would take him out once and for all, but I don't necessarily think that's true. The Capilobo, even hunched over, is seven feet tall. The Beast of Bray Road, while I love him and while he is like a female gaze power fantasy, only was described as having arms like that of someone who worked out a little bit. So, like, <laughs> that's true. Here's the he thing had those Pinterest also, arms, you know? Yeah, he had those Pinterest arms, those Tumblr arms. But the, yeah, the other problem for me is I think that as far as we know, the Beast of Bray Road is but one, is but one being. Yep. And as far as I can tell, unless this thing gets around, the Capilobo is many. Also, judging by the whole, again, and I hate to bring this up, the mention of the umbilical area. Like there are Stop definitely it. multiple Capilobo is the thing about that. Here's the thing that I don't understand. If you become one by being old and deciding to die in the woods, then how do the where do they, <laughs> how are they are they born? Are they are they do they make new or is it your belly button from when you were a human? I I don't know. It's there are a lot of unanswered questions. I'm on the verge of tears right now, and I can't explain why. Here's the thing. There are many, many instances in which I would follow the thread of a question until its bitter end. But in this case, I'm choosing to step back. I'm choosing for my own good to step back from the snout of madness and yeah. to... Uh, Not researching the Capilobo is self, 
is self-care. Is self-care. <laughs> but people think self-care looks like, you know, bubble baths and chocolate. What self-care actually is, not researching the Capilobo. Yeah. So I'm sorry that we did this to you, I guess. But no, okay. So I guess I understand why you wanted us to do this in the same place because you wanted to scare me with Lorraine Virginia. And also, he doesn't deserve abs like that because he of his bad behavior. But you know what? Most people who have abs like that don't deserve them. You're not wrong. You're not wrong. <laughs> That's the lesson we've learned here today. There's a lesson to be had here. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you for joining me on this terrible, terrible journey. You're welcome. Um, do you have any announcements for our friends at home? Uh, aside from the fact currently the uh, Etsy store is on hold because I was the person mailing out Etsy orders and I am now in California and I do not have a P.O. box yet and all kinds of uh, things like that. But hoping to get things up and running with that again soon. We have special gifts that we're mailing out to Patreon donors who uh, basically are lifetime donors of over $100. So um, if you are one of those people, I've probably already sent you a message. Um, There are a few people I haven't if we already had your mailing address on file. But if we don't, please just be checking your Patreon account. We have a few people who uh, were former patrons who are no longer patrons. But if you were over that tier, then we still would like to send you the gift. So please just make sure that you're checking your messages and that you give us your mailing address if you're okay with us sending you a little token of our thanks. Mm Mm-hmm. I think that's it. Oh, we're still on the lookout for new merch when we do bring the Etsy store back. Yeah. We want to add some things in it. We've heard some comments from people. Um, some people were talking about like things they'd like to see. And um, I know that enamel pins came up. I don't know that we've heard any other like suggestions, but we're open to that right now. We're sort of like taking ideas. Or if you have, if you're an artist or a graphic designer and you have a design you'd like to submit for consideration, then let us Please know. Do, we, yeah. we like always pay our artists and make sure to you know, work out something with you where you're compensated fairly. But if you'd like to be the face of the next piece of Cryptid Keeper merchandise, then just let us know. Absolutely. And so review of our socials. If you haven't picked up on it by now, maybe you're new. Maybe you just need a nice reminder. Oh, dear God, I hope this wasn't your first episode. (laughs) God, right? I really, if it was, and you're still here, then may I personally commend you? Thank you. It only gets better from here. She said, hopefully. So, um, <laughs> if you go backwards, <laughs> if you go backwards. No, uh, so you can find us on Twitter at cryptkeeppod. That's C R Y P T K E E P P O D. You can find us on Facebook under the Cryptic Keeper or come hang with us in our Facebook group, the Cryptic Keeper Appreciation Group. There's a lot of fun stuff in there discussion, memes, animal videos, all that good stuff. Oh, yeah. You can shoot us an email if you have a listener story or because we do do listener stories episodes or if you just want to say hi, send us a picture of something you saw, whatever. That is the same as our Twitter, cryptkeeppod at gmail.com. As always, our music is by Andrew Giada. Our sound wizard is Val Patron and our listener base is all of you. So thanks. Yeah. So you're as big a part of this as anybody else. Possibly the biggest part. Um, Yes, very possibly. Oh, gosh, it's been a bit since I've said this. Got to get used to it again. Uh, As always, we hope we can keep you around and stay safe out there.